this week on the podcast what can i say i have an extra extra special guest bernadette jiwa is a recognized global authority on business philosophy and the role of identity and story in business innovation and marketing she is the author of several best-selling books on marketing and brand storytelling including make your ideas matter the fortune cookie principle marketing a love story and her latest book story driven you don't need to compete when you know who you are it it was just an absolute pleasure speaking with her i've followed her work from afar from a very long time now we talked about everything from how to create stories that move people, creating meaning in people's lives, how brands like Iceland, Airbnb and Mecca create uh, the best stories that we can all learn something from. She's just such a lovely, lovely person. She's got the most calming and soothing voice. Huge fan of her work. Seth Godin says that she's one of the greatest marketing thinkers of all time. If you are even remotely interested in anything to do with how to create better marketing communications, then you are going to find this conversation to be just absolutely fascinating. So without me keeping you in suspense any further, my conversation with Bernadette Jiwa. Bernadette Jiwa is the best-selling author of eight books about how storytelling helps us connect and persuade influence and inspire her award-winning blog the story of telling is read by leaders from disney unicef louis vuitton adidas united nations red cross microsoft and google to name a few uh, she's also named by smart company as one of australia's top business thinkers she advises consults and speaks with entrepreneurs and educators scientists and business leaders who want their ideas products and services to stand out in a noisy world bernadette jiwa welcome to agency deal masters Oh, thanks for having me, Nathan. I'm thrilled to speak to you. Super, super excited to to speak to you. I've been reading your work for many years now, and uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of your work. I just tore through uh, Marketing a Love Story and Story Driven, your most recent book. You advise, consult, and speak with entrepreneurs and educators, scientists, and business leaders, as we said, who want to get their ideas heard. Tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the marketing world. I got my start in the marketing world because I am from the storytelling capital of the world. I'm from Dublin originally, even though I live and work in Australia now. Um, And I was brought up in the oral tradition. So I was around storytelling from a very young age. I was brought up in a house without books, but that didn't mean there weren't any stories. So I got my start by essentially noticing um, and noticing stories and getting really good at understanding what makes a good story and helping people to connect the dots and tell their stories in a way that resonate with uh, the people that they want to serve. Hmm. Really fascinating. You're you're part of the Story Skills Workshop, part of Seth Godin's workshop series. Um, Your goal is to create an experience that will equip anyone who wants to have more impact. Tell us a little bit more about the workshop. What problems are you solving for the world? So um, I am a friend and collaborator of Seth's, and we together have created this workshop, uh, which is around helping people who are not professional storytellers. If you, if you think about it, there are 
a ton of courses and workshops and, and books out there for people who are novelists and screenwriters. But there, there's not a lot of stuff out there to help people who are not professional storytellers to become better storytellers. So our goal and our, our premise is that storytelling is not an art. It's an act that you can get better at uh, storytelling if you practice. So I created the workshop and we deliver it on Seth's incredible Akimbo platform, which is interactive, live, real time. You get feedback, direct feedback from thousands of people. We, th this current workshop is running. We've got about a thousand people in there and hmm. we're, we're helping ordinary people to tell their stories, artists, activists, scientists, marketers. Uh, we've got people from Microsoft. We've had people from the MBA, um, National Geographic, and hmm. uh, people, people like you and I who are solopreneurs who want to get better at, at sharing their message with the world and have more impact. Hmm. Really interesting. Well, let's talk a little bit about why stories are so fundamental to your work and so important to getting our ideas acted upon and, and heard. Um, your most recent book, The Right Story, uh, you begin with a line from Yuval Noah Harari, uh, the author of fantastic book Sapiens, who said, the real difference between us and the chimpanzees is this mysterious glue that enables millions of human beings to cooperate effectively. This mysterious glue is made of stories, not genes. So why are stories so fundamental to who we are as human beings? Well, firstly, can I say uh, what a fabulous quote and author he is. And Amazing. I am, am a huge fan of his work. Mm. Stories, as he quite rightly points out, are the glue that enable us to collaborate. You know, he tells this wonderful um, story in, in some of his talks about, uh, you know, he said, if you, if you try to uh, say to a chimpanzee, um, <laughs> you know this story, Nathan, mm -hmm. right? Where if you say to a chimpanzee, if you give me, you know, half of your bananas today, I, you know, th there'll be a, there's a chimpanzee god that's going to look after you tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you go to chimpanzee heaven. He said, no right. chimpanzee will do that. He said, Not at all. We do that stuff. Uh, we, mm. we, um, we believe in myths. We make emotional mm. connection through story. And uh, that's what's enabled us to create community, to collaborate and come together. I mean, this coronavirus, COVID, these COVID restrictions are just mm. the perfect example of a shared story. Here is the entire world coming together around a shared story, of, uh, around a shared problem uh, due to a story. Because of a story, we all believe in that common story and we say, okay, let's collaborate to fix this problem. Hmm. Super fascinating. And stories also extend to things like money. Uh, that's a story okay. that we tell ourselves. Uh, brands are stories. He, he, he tells a story of, of, of Peugeot or one of the car brands. Um, I don't remember the name, but, um, but ultimately, the, the fact that thousands of people around the world believe in this collective organization, it, it's a story that we've told ourselves. So you're right, stories are fundamental to the way we are, um, why we are the way we are. Let's talk a li little bit more about the book specifically, because it's a book about how people change and why they change. And you say there's no such thing as a good or a bad deer. 
there's an idea, there's only the wrong or the right story. Explain. So going back to this idea about collaborating, if you think about the countries that have, or the leaders who have managed to get their countries to cooperate and collaborate around the the COVID story, the ones that that do really well are the better storytellers. They're consistent. They uh, help people to understand what the objective is, what the change we're here to create, because ultimately stories are catalysts for change. And along this journey, the storytelling journey, we have to create belief in the people that we want to impact. So, for example, the Prime Minister of New Zealand did an incredible job of gathering her community together because she told uh, coherent, believable uh, stories that people could get behind. So... Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by that. We can, mm. we can, um, we can move the world with the right story. Now, over the last few years, um, there's been a huge amount of literature in the marketing world, specifically that has come out around story and the importance of story for brands and for companies that want to share their ideas and get their ideas acted upon. What's different about? your work, the, the right story, what are you adding to the literature that is already available? Well, what I'm helping people to see is that you've got to understand the change that you're trying to create, that story is integral to what you're doing. It's not just a nice to have. It's not just um, something that, you know, it's not lipstick on a pig. It's got to be mm. central to your the core of your brand. Or if you're not a if you're not a brand, if you're a scientist or an activist, whatever the change is you're seeking to make, um, I often get emails from people who say to me, um, "I need you to create a brand story for me." And what they mean by that is copy, and it's not just about copy. Okay. Um, if we think about let's ha let's have a great example from the UK, um, from Wales, Hyatt Denham. Uh, I don't know if you know that brand, but they have no. an incredible story where at the core of their brand, what they're doing is they're bringing back manufacturing to a small corner of Wales. Huh. They're, the, the tagline of one of their taglines is uh, our town is making jeans again and do one thing well. So what they're doing is uh, David and Claire Hyatt helping 4,000 people to get their, or getting, aiming to get 4,000 people their jobs back. And um, that narrative runs through everything that they do. So they are definitely worth um, investigating. Actually, you should speak to David Hyatt. He's a fabulous, huh. he's, he's a fantastic marketer. Okay. David Hyatt. I always yeah. love getting uh, podcast guest recommendations. Thank you very much. Uh I'm just making a note of that now, and I'll come back to that at the end of the show. Um, so, so specifically, then, so I mean, you mentioned Hyatt, Hyatt Denim, but what other brands are getting this right right now? Because you you say that um, you know everyone, pretty much everyone listening to this podcast right now is in the business of changing minds. Uh, mm. It's a, typically an agency audience, independent agencies. Who work on behalf of their clients, both B2B and B2C. 
Um, but you say that you can't change minds without first winning hearts. So what are the brands, except uh, apart from Hyatt Denim, that are getting this right at the moment, both on a B2B side, perhaps, and on a consumer side? Uh, well, I'm more um, I'm more on the consumer side, so I can I can tell you some of those. Sure. Uh, a couple of the brands that I'd highlight are Chibani, uh, the yogurt company. I I think their CEO is doing a phenomenal job of Chibani. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Hamdi Alkaya. He's there are a couple of really great TED talks from him where he talks about leadership and growth and all the alternative uh, route to growing a business and he's very big on um, gaining the enrollment of your employees and treating your people well and that comes through and and also using real ingredients uh, and not trying to deceive your customers and not only making your product about the bottom line so Mm. he's all about quality and caring for his employees if you treat your work as well they'll do make good products and they'll do the right thing by the the consumer so mm-hmm. they're a, a great uh, brand who are doing storytelling well another one i can give a shout out to is an australian brand that uh, did very well in during the covid crisis um here we are we're starting to ease our easing our lockdown restrictions now but at one of our major supermarkets and they often get a bad rap and i think they do in in the UK too, uh, but one of our major supermarkets, Woolworths, the CEO during the crisis hmm. sent out an email newsletter right. every week, hmm. and he was informing. It was helpful. It was reassuring. It was informative, mm-hmm. and it it really uh, deepened our trust. I think in what can sometimes be seen as a faceless, uh, sure. generic organization. He was telling right. us about supply chains and um you know all of the things that people are worried about just the inner workings of the business right super fascinating i also heard a story um about the Woolworth ceo when the covid situation first started in that i think he was having a conversation with obviously the 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 situation has hit certain industries harder than others and obviously for uh, anyone in, involved in groceries and food delivery, their business has boomed, whereas other sectors haven't. And the sectors that um, have boomed and that are integral to keeping us alive and keeping us fed have needed to increase their workforce. And so the CEOs of the organizations who don't have a lot of, uh, you know, have a lot of spare capacity at the moment worked with the, the CEO of Woolworths to sort of make sure that they had the right resource and capacity and uh, the, the right number of employees to be able to help um, feed feed the country, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. So I hear a lot of those sort of stories coming out. Yeah, uh, they collaborated the with um, Qantas to the, the, air, the our national airline to get uh, to help some of those workers who were retrenched to mm. to get employment with them. So. It's it's interesting that this crisis has actually been good for leaders in many ways. The leaders who've shown up to lead and tell good stories. It's it's actually been a positive for them because we've seen the more human side of them in in the crisis. Hmm. 
Hmm. So, so where do we start then with stories? Let's say I'm a founder of a growing technology company. Uh, perhaps I've, I've been around for a few years, doing relatively well, but could be doing better. Don't really have a recognized brand, uh, pretty undifferentiated in the marketplace. Where should people like that start thinking about how to craft the right story to be able to differentiate, to be able to change lives and add value to their their customers? Okay, well, you start by thinking about what a story is. And the story is a character in a set of circumstances faced with choices that result in change. And so if you think about your business as a character in a set of circumstances faced with choices resulting in change, then you can start thinking about your backstory. And it's important to have a strong backstory and a strong, as Simon Sinek would say, a strong why, a strong Mm. purpose and communicate that to your audience. Going back to the David Hyatt example um, (laughs) with Hyatt Denim, you know, this idea that they are taking a manufacturing town and reviving it is hugely important and they can hang their hat on that story. So the context, so the introduction to the hero's world is their backstory. How Mm. did we come to be as a company? That's how you can separate yourself from um, everyone else. Not because a lot of people can do what you can do. There, there are mm. very few um, truly unique products and services. So mm-hmm. how are you going to create that emotional connection with your consumers? You do that through a story. Mm. Going back to the David Hyatt example, he seems to have been very purpose-driven from, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, do, is, is that a requirement to be able to tell good stories, to have a purpose that you're... Um, you know, that you're driven by? Because it may be that some brands and some founders, although they're well-meaning and do the right thing, pay their taxes, recycle, etc., maybe they don't have a compelling uh, purpose. Um, and I'm sure uh, they don't necessarily ha- need one, but is that a requirement to be able to tell good stories? I think so, Nathan. I, I think if, if I think if a, a company is doing all of the things that you say, and they're paying their taxes and they recycle or whatever it might be, they are they actually are a purpose driven company because hmm. there's something about that company that at at the heart of it um, is around doing work that matters or making a contribution, and often those stories get lost. I mean. You know, you're this. There are stories coming up every day about the people that you're helping, and sometimes we we don't see it. Or even if those people are your employees, we we're so busy doing the work that we don't take the time to reflect on and celebrate the the good work that we're doing in in the form of a story. Hmm. And and I guess what I also hear you saying is that you can't put a lip lipstick on a pig. I mean, really, you have to be able to live this internally and externally uh, if you're just communicating externally to your customers about how purpose-driven you are what a fantastic story the brand has if that's not the lived reality of the employees within the business then that falls down pretty quickly exactly and you know the other point point you make is you're raising a really good point about employees 
um, your purpose uh, can help you to, and your story can help you to attract great people um, mm. at a time when you, you know that you want the right people in a position to help move your uh, brand or your company forward and help you stand out in the marketplace. What parts of this do your clients struggle with the most, would you say? All of it. Um, <laughs> all of it, because it's it's that idea that um, a story is a fiction that you make up and that we can, um, you know, give us a story. It's not about giving you a story. It's actually about helping you to find your story and find the essence and the heart of what you're here to do and the change you're trying to create mm. and understanding the people that you want to help. And once you've got that, it's like a, it's like a magic spell because it just mm. permeates everything you do. Mm. Really fascinating. Um, Benedict, last couple of questions before we get into our favorite interviews um questions at the end of the interview i could speak to you all day about this but uh but well we're, we're short on time um you you tell a story in the book about when james dyson approached the existing vacuum cleaner manufacturers with his superior technology and they pretty much all unanimously rejected him um and we ultimately know how that story ended um why are companies so reluctant to embrace change and new ways of working to their own detriment. You know, you look at Kodak, you look at Blockbuster, the list goes on and on. Why are companies so reluctant to embrace change? Why are companies so reluctant to embrace change? Because they are thinking in the short term. Um, if we think about the donut economics model, Kate Rayworth would also be another great guest for you. I don't know if you know her. She's a, a, a British economist. Short term thinking. Thank you. Thinking. You're doing so well for my uh, for my podcast guest. Well, lineup. there are Thank so you. many great uh, there are. leaders in the UK. There so really I, are. I just don't want you to miss out on them. <laughs> Thank um, you. Short term thinking. If you think about Kodak yeah. and Blockbuster and all of the um, all of the brands that you're talking about, they're they're working towards the next quarter. All, hmm. most of the time and hmm. so if you're if you are a CEO or a leader in a company like that then you're thinking about your bonus for for the next quarter that or you know your your forecast for the next for the next uh, 12 months and you're not uh, you don't have the capability then to to do things like take a risk on somebody like James Dyson that that crazy hmm. guy who thinks he's going to change <laughs> the world who happens to be changing the world. I've done that, right. <laughs> he, he, he's also got a great story, right? Because yeah, he does. Ten tenacious person who just Ugh. wants to make things better. He knows Relentless. there's a better way. Not going yeah. to give up. Be beautiful story. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, so inspiring. Um, Bernadette, we haven't, haven't got much more, more time. Let's get into everyone's favorite questions. These are the questions that I ask all of my guests. So I'm super excited to ask you some of them as well. Um, tell us about a time when you failed and what you learned from the experience. Oh, I fail all the time. Um, <laughs> like every day I write a blog and sometimes you think I've really nailed it. I've put out a great post and it bombs and the important mm. thing with 
it's it's like your podcast too. The important thing is to be consistent and to show mm. up and to do it again tomorrow. So, you know, fail. Interesting. Fail, are you failures are you still affected? Failures every day. Are you still affected by that if you put out a blog blog post and it, it it doesn't get the traction? I mean, you've been blogging for years now and you've written amazing books off the back of it. Mm. I would have thought from the outside that you wouldn't have been really affected by one blog post that doesn't really hit the mark, but is that is that still a pain I have to look forward to? Well, I, I'm a human being. So the other day mm. when I get an email from somebody who tells me, uses the word putrid in in wow. response to a post, I have to, <laughs> have to say <laughs> my heart does, does yeah. uh, give a little You're human. lurch. I'm human. I, wow, I don't want to fail. I don't want to sure. fail. But, sure, but I know I have to. It's part yeah. of it. It's part of the process. Um, Amazon Prime or, or Netflix, what are you watching that's good on either or both platforms? Well, I have to tell you that I, we, we're Netflix. I try, okay. try my hardest not to get sucked into any of the uh, series on Netflix because I know I will lose my, um, <laughs> lose hours of, of creative time. Um the last thing I watched was Normal People on um, okay. on that was on Stan here. I don't know what it was on in the UK, but I've um, heard of it. that was a Sally Rooney series. Only because okay. it was an Irish uh, Irish love story by an incredible oh, yes. Irish author. We watched the first two episodes. It's so moving and very slow. The pace is really kind of really controlled, but it's beautiful. Really well made. Mm-hmm. Uh, great acting. Um, yeah, we need to go back to that and finish that. I, Hats yeah, off I to the that. two young actors in Brilliant. that series. And really good. In, the incredible Irish uh, author, Sally Rooney, who mm. is a phenomenal storyteller. So I'll hang my hat on my roots there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the book's question, what, um, what do you read for... This must be a long list, but we've got a short show. What do you read for personal and professional development? What books do you keep on going back to time and time again? This is our ultimate favorite question from most of our listeners, by the way, so no pressure. Okay, so uh, Purple Cow, Seth Godin. Uh, Brilliant. My, one of my all-time favorite books. And Seth's podcast, of course. Um, <laughs> Paul, Paul Arden. Um yeah, I, I say, okay. you know, I've had that book for years. Uh, it's yeah. it's not how good you are; it's how good you want to be. And Brilliant. It, it's still a classic, isn't it? You still see it when you go to bookstores. So, Paul Arden, mm-hmm. one that your listeners might not have heard of is "The Advice Trap" by my friend Michael Bungay Stanier. And okay, um, yeah, I've not that, heard of it. That one is a cool book uh, because he talks about taming your advice monster, which uh, is something I think all of us and and me especially need to do. It's it's about being curious a little bit longer and learning to be a great listener. Mm, fantastic. Give us give us one more. What else has been instrumental to the way that you think about branding and storytelling and the work you're doing now? Uh, Seth Godin's book about storytelling, which was, uh, which is an interesting lesson in storytelling itself. When it was first released, it was 
the title was All Marketers Are Liars. And okay. um, Seth admits himself that was not the best story to, t- to, tell, your, to tell your target yeah. audience. So yeah. it's, it's now All Marketers Are Storytellers. Okay. Fantastic. I still haven't read that yet. There's so much of Seth that I haven't read yet. And I'm discovering more and more of his work. It's just, when does he, does he sleep? Is it, does he do that? I but don't, he, I don't think he needs a lot of sleep. Um, I don't think he does, right? He, he's, he's a productivity an, monster. Incredible, um, an incredible thinker, uh, incredible mm. friend and human being. Um, there are very few people I think in, in the world who have, who have, earned the status that he has but remain mm. as humble and as generous as he does mm. and he's also a really big advocate of yours I, I remember um a few years ago hearing him speak very glowingly about your work and in, in the same way that you're uh speaking about him he's also very complimentary to you how how did that relationship start where did you meet um, Seth Godin we started, uh, we've been pen pals for about 12 years. That's how it started. I was living in, in the furthest corner of the world in Perth, Western Australia. And I started emailing him and then huh. we got to know each other and, and collaborated on one of his projects and then met in New York and I helped him to do an event here in Australia. And so we've been collaborators for about a decade, but we started wow. as pen pals. Amazing, amazing story. Uh, okay, last couple of questions and, I'll, and then I'll let you go. What do you do to keep mentally and physically fit? I do body pump. Um, oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a... It's I've seen a, other people do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a weight uh, workout uh, to music. So that's yeah. my that's my little uh, addiction. And also beautiful walks through the city of Melbourne, mm. which is, I'm, I'm lucky enough to call this place home. It's uh, mm. the most livable city and, and beautiful city in the world, I think. Beautiful. Uh, mentors, who, which mentors guided the way that you think about brand building, storytelling? Uh, tell us about your most influential mentors. Oh, it's got to be Seth again. Wow. We, we, we probably should have just had a whole podcast about <laughs> Seth Godin. <laughs> You've given me a list of great podcast guests, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll also... Well, I also had it added into the list a very long time ago, but he's moved to the top of the list now. Uh, definitely. Seth, is any, anyone else that you would highlight that's been instrumental? Um, you know, my my kids are actually really uh, grounding mentors to me. I've got three sons and mm. they um, keep me grounded, but also keep me... Um, I guess help me to have some perspective on what's important in the world mm. outside of work and outside of my own sphere. So my three boys, Adam, mm. uh, Kieran and Matthew. Mm. That's beautiful. Uh, what advice would you give to a young person or millennial who comes to you and says that they want to build a brand to have a real impact in the world? start now start early uh don't wait to don't wait to find your passion or your calling just start doing something today and contributing something 
And my final question, Bernadette, what do you know about brand building and storytelling today that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career? Um, you know, I'm going to have to think about that one for a second. Hmm. Um, I would say that it's not as mysterious as it looks. I, I think there's a lot of, there's a there's a lot of um, when I when I looked at Saatchi and Saatchi for example earlier on my career and Kevin Roberts and his book Love Marks, mm. I I thought that you know branding and marketing was this mysterious thing that was about packaging and stuff on the outside, but actually it's something deeper than that. It's he alluded to it a bit in Love Marks. It's something about the core of what you do. So it's not a veneer. It's something uh, deep, deep-rooted. Hmm. And is that is that deep-rooted thing meaning? Because that's something that you and Seth Godin keep coming back to time and time again. It's this idea that people, people like us do things like this. It's this idea of community. It's this idea of sort of people that see the world in the same way that you do. Is is that the kind of thing that you're talking about underneath a brand? Yeah, I think it's about I think it's about connection. I think it's about connection, emotional connection, and whether you call that meaning or love or belonging, whatever your term is for that. Um, if you can make a promise to people that they believe in and connect to and find meaning in, then then that's, that's, uh, that's a brand to be proud of. Mm. Great place to end. Benedict, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thanks, Nathan. I, I've loved chatting to you. We have been speaking with Bernadette Jiwa. She is the creator of the Story Skills Workshop and best-selling author and storytelling advisor. We are not going to ask you to subscribe or give a five-star rating or share this episode with a friend because our thinking is... If the content is any good, you'll willingly do that anyway. Email me at nathan at agencydealmasters.com. We would be unable to do this show without our very own dealmasters. Ahmed Ahmed is our editor. Genevieve Mageki is our booker slash social manager. Marion Begum is our head of research. I'm Nathan Anibaba. You've been listening to Agency Dealmasters. Masters.